0: One more thing I got to say right here.
1: Leading Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Let's Talk group on Facebook and assisting people one person at a time. Uh, glad you could join us. That beautiful introduction was inspired by Keisha and Shakita. And I hope everyone joined it and got pumped up for the show because tonight we have Drea on tonight. Uh, Keisha, Shakita, um, they were supposed to join us, but some things came up and hopefully uh, they may be able to come on later. And Key should be able to come on. Uh, but like I said, the, uh, the introduction was inspired by those two young, lovely young ladies. So me and Dre are on. And me and Dre are just going to talk about a few things most of the audience don't know. Dre is from Rhode Island, the Boston area. Boston, excuse me, not Rhode Island. She's from the Boston area, but she lives in Alabama. And Alabama, for those that don't know, was a base for the Confederacy. And um during, you know, the Civil War era and so forth and so on. So a lot a lot of which is going on with the marches, the protest, let's just say for lack of better word, the unrest. You don't really see what's going on in other parts of the country because they're focused on what we would consider the major cities. So we have a short period of time to talk to Drea and get some insight. What's going on, Drea?
2: What's going on, Q? What's going on, family? How y'all doing?
1: How's everything?
2: Everything it, hey, taking it one moment at a time and breathing, you know, um, being black in America at this point in time is is pretty interesting. It's what like they said, what a time to be alive during this era in 2020, because you know, as I mentioned in previous shows, a lot of stuff is gonna be revealed. But um, as you guys know, I live in Alabama. And as you said, the Confederacy. So, um, a few days ago, actually, in um, the major city here in Birmingham, one of the Confederate statues was actually vandalized when they had a protest going on near at one of the um, parks. And you know, the mayor actually came out. Um, mayor Randall Woodfin. I always say he's he's my honorary mayor. He's a black young dude. Um graduate of Morehouse, very sharp, on point. So he said, I'm going to have this statue taken down in 24 hours. Now, he was threatened by the attorney general um, for the state of Alabama. If you have it taken down, you're going to have to pay a $25,000 fee. So he had a, you know, um, pretty much, you know, gingerly took it down um, a few nights ago. And folks lost their mother effing mind. <laughs> um people were saying, you know, that's part of my heritage, um, you know, but not knowing that why would you want to pay homage or have a heritage filled with oppression, um, slavery, um, everything that's wrong as far as with institutionalized and system, system systematic racism, right? Um, people have been threatening his life. He has had numerous of uh, death threats, even the frontline workers, the police who was out there, you know, having the curfew and things of that nature. So it's just been a very interesting racial time. If you go back to the sixties and beyond that, if you know anything about um, Alabama, the city of Birmingham, that's how Martin Luther King and the whole civil rights movement got started due to Bull Connor, uh, which was pretty much um, the sheriff. Um, and also, you know, part of like the, you know, the political system in Birmingham and, you know, it was deemed as bombing him once the 16th street Baptist church um, mm-hmm. was bombed. So, you know, we're seeing pretty much history be repeated, but is it really being dismantled, right? Because that's a symbolism of the Confederacy, which is also, you know, you know, people, white, you know, white people, white Americans say it's part of my history, but it's also a dark history for black Americans as well. Um, not me just only living down here, but my parents actually grew up in Alabama during Jim Crow, um, Alabama, went to segregated schools, had to, you know, drink out the color only section, you know, things of that nature. So, but if, is it really eradicating change? And also too, is it changing the paradigm on what we're seeing now? Um, and I mean, every every city in Alabama has been rioting, even the town I, you know, live in is a piece of pro- protest, but is it going to change and erase the hearts of people? Now, me, I've been giving the smoke to folks because people don't know their history. Um, And and honestly, there are some people who do not view Black people um, as humans, right? Um, And I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, you know, I have my two white friends, but I have had, you know, my legit white friends reached out to me and was like, yo, I just really realized I have white privilege. And one of my white friends called me today. I went to graduate school with him. Um, you know, he's a social worker, I'm a social worker. And he said, Andrea, I had to realize I had white privilege as a white man in America. He's like, I never realized that until so he said, you know, we went to graduate school together. You know, I took him to a few HBCU games, but he said he really has to do that in the inner work um so a lot of times white people they don't they don't know they don't know
1: so, so i know that i know that i know that dre we had talked me and you talked prior to behind behind the scenes and i had explained that and you, you agreed with me when we talked about a lot of people don't know um, growing up in new jersey in northern jersey a lot of us that went to the school systems in northern jersey we Went on class trips to Ellis Island. And I say that to say that a lot of my white friends, their families came through Ellis Island in the 30s and 40s. So a lot of their lack of not knowing comes from they didn't, they may feel like their ancestors were not, didn't have slaves. So they may they may feel like, for example, a lot of Irish Americans or Italian Americans don't understand that at a certain point in our history, they were considered the N-word. They were not considered the, the predominant the white, the white authority. They were they were considered like us, like black Native Americans. So a lot of times then all of a sudden, they got pushed into that quote unquote, class of white people which with the Anglo-Saxon people and so forth and so on. Right. So I'm asking you, do you think that um I know I asked you this and you know I always we always throw a lot of ideas at each other. you know <laughs> the George Floyd case is interesting to me mm-hmm. because is it possible that we could all have the narrative wrong? And it and it's not racism. It was just a cop who used excessive force and went behind his authority, and he killed a man. And he just happened to be white, and the man he killed happened to be black. And it might be no race because if it comes out they personally knew each other, it could have been some issues prior, and it had nothing to do with race. Is it possible that we we don't got this thing wrong, and we're mixing issues?
2: Um. That's a good question, right? Because, you know, there's word that they knew each other had prior run-ins and that it could be twofold. I just think that the layers are getting pulled back. Um, And I think, because I know I have read an article in which the, the police officer had another issue with a Black man in 2008. He almost killed him and you know, things didn't go as far. So, you know, it could be a lot of layers being pulled back, which we're seeing. I think people are saying, yo, enough is enough. And maybe people are like, well, this hashtag is, is going to be beyond just a hashtag, right? Um, and I think once the layers get unfolded, because you got to think about it, we was already on emotions because of the Ahmaud Arbery case. Then it goes, you know, I think what Brianna um i think think taylor you know came and then here we are with um you know with this case going on so i think you know as far as with the racial tensions was already like there was heightened and now it's even like full throttle um so i think it's full. i think it's like a personal and also Personal. As far as we're on a macro level, now we're on a on I me mean, on a micro level. Now we're on a macro level of like now. Here is police brutality, oppression. So, like I posted the other day about white supremacy, right? Um, you know, it's like here goes here goes layer one, the name calling, or maybe you're running and he calls him a name, and then he said, "If I see you out in the streets, it's on and pop." And we don't know there's change, and then you know it may have graduated to let's say middle school of, okay, he probably says some slurs, whatever the case is, and here we are full graduate school level of police brutality. I told you I was going to get you in the streets. Not any means necessary. And then from our lens, um, as Black people, we're seeing what? Um, a few white dudes, a few Asian guys standing around and no one's intervening, intervening. And then here we are seeing, okay, here goes another white man killing a brother in the streets. And we're already on these tensions right so i think it's just it's just on a micro level now of like okay now we got a bigger issue but not actually addressing we still got um institutions that's discriminating against black folk. like that's
1: that's another question i want to ask you and anybody that's watching anybody that's watching can answer this question too in the chat um in the comment section and i'm asking you as well as drea um When we know that, you know, it's been numerous reports on the protests that Antifa, Antifa stands for anti-fascism. Um, basically, anybody know anything about them, it is George Soros. His money is being put into it. They're basically socialism, and they believe in globalism. Global. They have a globalist agenda. Um, I know people that have been in, that's affiliated with Antifa. So this is, we know that Antifa and white supremacists have been known to be at some of these protests, whether it's destruction of the property, whether it's leading to fights and so forth and so on. Where is the Black agenda in all this? Where is the, Where does the Black person stand in all this? Like, is the movement being hijacked? Are we happy that this is going on? Dray, what, what what is your opinion on that
2: so my opinion on that good question q again let's talk about the black agenda real quick because folks who live down with black lives matter where they at i'm talking about the founders the, the, what's the old boy with the blue vest um i think d-ray
1: d-ray's at- nowhere to be found d-ray's nowhere to be found right he D-Ray- fell out he fell out with the girls
2: Right, and where's the young ladies at? last time I checked they was out here, excuse me, not trying to make a try to make a joke about it. They all up in the videos getting their brand popping yeah they
1: they they are basically pushed the uh the Black Lives matter if you look at their website, it's more about like you said their brand they're pushing right. their LGBTq agenda
2: exactly so so you- so
1: we're pushing this hashtag out right we're pushing this slogan Black Lives Matter not realizing that we, where are we falling? Where's the common black person falling in all this?
2: Right. And also too, where we fall in all this and why are people profiting off of black pain and black bodies? And I'm talking about black men, because I have seen other, um you know, discussions on, well, what about the black women? Where do we stand? In this? And we tired of um, defending black men for me, I'm always going to defend black men because like I say, I have a black father, I have a black husband, you know, my brothers, everybody in my family, you know, black, um, you know, my ancestors have sacrificed so much up until this point. So, you know, when I have a problem with, well, what about the black women? We always been on the front lines and, you know, why is this this big outrage? So I don't see a black agenda because I see a lot of um, confusion. I see a lot of um, even the dilution of, you know what's going on as far as what black Lives matter because like if it truly matters they um the founders will be out there instead of protecting somewhere in the bubble or you know probably blaming COVID or I can't go because of COVID and then I'm starting to see the same I, I have been like awakening so like I'm seeing the same people doing the talking um such as what's the brother's name? Crumb? Um,
1: tamika mallory tamika 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 mallory and, and my son is connected together
2: right um,
1: they're not they're not part of black lives matter but they do have their own organization
2: mm-hmm.
1: um that's my biggest issue is i like what's going on i don't have a problem i'm not very judgmental but like i explained is that um you see all these organizations you see netflix you right. see reebok you see all these major companies talking about their standing with the black community in regards to the George Floyd murder but the problem is within these institutions the core of these institutions have been based off of race right systematic racism uh, these the banking system is exactly. the banking is the banking system that grew off of uh, not giving the people the black people loans is they going right. to are they going to return our money to us and, and are like, they gonna give us loans? I mean, I'm trying to figure out is like is this just some stuff that we're gonna do for two weeks? People push to vote, and a lot of people may feel like because of the president, this is going on. But historically that's not true. Right. That because of the president's going on, it was going on before him, it was going on President Obama. So what do what do you think?
2: Um, I agree, Q, especially where I have seen um Bank of America, which is one of the most Um, discriminatory, predatory banks for Black people, that's anti-Black people, let's put it that way, who deny, deny, deny Black people of of mortgages, um, business loans. I'll even say uh, you can get a car loan quicker than that, right? Um, And they're saying that we're going to do a people of color, here we go again, People of color, we're going to, you know, um, build on their initiatives instead of saying, yo, we're going to pretty much pay back every black person who we discriminated against. Right. Because then that comes to the talk of reparations. And I know we're going to talk about that later on in the week. Right. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of these, like you said, um, you know, what do, what does your board look like? Do you even have black people on your board? Do you even? What's the hiring practices? Why are you continuously redlining? Because only forty nine percent or less only black people own homes, and Bank of America has been at the top for discriminating against um, black folks who are getting mortgages. And like you said, other companies as well um, are has been historically you know discriminating against black folks. And as you mentioned, um. This has been going on prior to um, to Trump. Um, President Obama, we that's when pretty much all this police brutality was like highlighted heavy. And a lot of these black boys and black men was heavily, you know, killed. Like it was like a genocide going on during his term. And then he fund um, he gave like over like I think 14 million dollars alone for over policing in Minnesota. Um, and which is a highly segregated place. I've been in Minnesota before, highly segregated, right? Um, to the point they're gentrifying at such a rapid rate that black folks who moved from my like Chicago and other places like Milwaukee, you know, was moving to Minnesota because it's cheap, you know, who wants to move to somewhere cold like that? And, you know, they're even getting pushed out. So, you know, we have to make sure that we keep in our mind and our, you know, like third eye and saying it's just because of a voting agenda and let just get Trump in. Okay. Cause when we get Biden and we forget about the crime bill and him pretty much saying, Oh, black men, y'all need to get locked up because y'all the super predator 2.0. I think that,
1: I think that, that, um, you know for 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 our position maybe we just need to stand still for a minute mm-hmm. and just sit and just sit back and observe um like i said i i salute the young kids that's doing whatever they're doing whatever they think they changed that they think they need or that we need um i salute them um right. but i do also need to be wary that we got to understand that this anybody that really truly tries to study or understand what white supremacy is We need to be, we need to realize that it's very cunning, Mm -hmm. and we've been duped plenty of times thinking that we have what we consider allies. Um, so we need to be very careful of the road and the allegiances that we make going down this road, right? Because nobody is going to give up their quote unquote privilege like that, Mm -mm. even if they acknowledge it, they're not going to give it up. I mean. One of the things that um, Vice President Biden is talking about, I mean, I get all those social programs and all that, but those programs, a lot of the the social programs that are afforded to us, really, that should be our birthright. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a certain amount of money like this. The code word for black, for, for other people, other marginalized groups is people of color. Right. Is minorities. No, we need, a, like, you know, me and you talk about it and how we met. We need a specific thing for specific people who dealt who's, are the descendants of those slaves who built this country and worked for free. Exactly. So this is a dangerous, you know, we need to be, keep our eyes open, number one, to what's going on and how it truly does affect us. Does it affect us? Doesn't it affect us? You know, um, right now all these judges are being nominated, like left and right. We're not even aware of what's going on. Like Lindsey Graham and him is putting major mm-hmm. judges, getting lifetime judges to resign, so he could put more judges in yep. there. I mean, and nobody's really talking about it. And um, how to and the judges and the and the, the policy makers are really actually more important than the president.
2: They are, you know, so. Yeah. And they supposed to be, actually, I don't know if you all heard about how they're supposed to have a bill. Um, Congressman, Congresswoman um, Ayanna Presley, um, and you know how they said the squad, they're supposed to create a bill about pretty much police brutality. So, you know, we have to keep our eyes open on policy. We need more policy and legislation. Um, folks who can be the change agent—that's very key because, like I said, yeah, you could tear down a monument, but what's the policies and procedures in your state alone? Like, do people actually know that? And like someone has said, I was talking to you the other day—is slavery still on your books in your state? Um, a lot of people don't read the state laws and don't know that. And it's like, is that on the books? Because I think just in Mississippi, a few years ago. It was still on the books. In Alabama is still on the books. You know, so you know, you have to look at the policies and actually, you know, get involved with, you know, changing those policies. That's predatorial, that's you know, oppressive, because that's the macro. That's what we all all black Americans need to be looking at the policies in the United States to see what's really, you know, um objective and what's gonna, you know, affect their holistic life.
1: Yeah, I noticed that that one of the um, you know, a lot of people when Kanye West was at the Oval Office and he was saying what he was saying, and, and he said that you know, we need to get rid of the 13th Amendment. I think a lot of people took what he said out of context, and really what he made, the 13th Amendment does need to be ratified. Because it opens up the door for mass incarceration. Right. I mean, it's easy. It's clear as day. And it's like, you know, oh, you don't know what he's talking about here, just a Trump supporter. The 13th Amendment needs to be ratified. And actually, the president can't do nothing about that. Mm -hmm. It's actually, you know, the Senate and Congress is the only ones that can really ratify that. He can't, he, the president is just there. Like, I just think that some people may not, he can maybe sign an executive order, but at the end of the day, we've been, um, and that's another question, we've been unwilling to address them. Do you think that in the last three years, Drea, in your in your opinion, do you think that um, we as black people in America have been missing the boat with Trump instead of worrying about whether he's racist or not, whether he's uh, the brightest bulb in the, in the room? that we've wasted time not trying to get him to understand the black agenda? Like you've seen some people that do deal with him, Reverend Darnell Jones out of Ohio, certain other people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that nobody has tried to get him to understand the, 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 the black agenda?
2: Well, I think we should have had a black agenda back then. Something solid, something concrete, and... I know people are not going like this. We should have utilized the black Republicans and said, Hey, this is their agenda. Y'all need to give it to him and present it and, and step on his neck. And be like, that's it. Because a lot of times, you know what we like to do? Oh, they're not Democrat, they're not independent, they black Republican, I'm not. We we like to be like they trash, but sometimes we have to like navigate certain situations, you know what they say play play check, not checkers. And but like if the black Republicans are close to him, yeah, put that in their hand. And then even like if y'all don't deliver it, you're gonna be voted out too. Do you think that we should have bridged the gap with that?
1: You think that one of the biggest things with that is um the younger generation really don't understand history and understand that Lyndon B. Johnson probably, if you look at all the politicians in the 60s, Lyndon B. Johnson, outside of George Wallace, Mm -hmm. Lyndon B. Johnson probably would have been the last one to ever sign the civil rights bill. And knowing that then, you think that our leaders were so caught up with trying to establish the black agenda that they didn't care who signed it. That they're not Like right now, everybody's caught up in, oh, it's Trump. We got to get him out of here. We got to get him out of here. You think that that's one of the issues or it's just a matter of not understanding and knowing your history?
2: I, I think it's a combination of both. I don't think a lot of people know their history and go back because, A, they think it's boring. People um, don't do enough reading. And also, too, we got to think about comprehension level as well. Um, I think everybody should take a class on civics, should take a class on um, history, especially political science, because that's where you're going to know, like, man, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson, dude was mad racist. I think he was from Texas. And, you know, they always say don't mess with Texas, but he was able to, you know, sign off on the civil rights bill as well. And we have to also think, too, Martin Luther King, once upon a time, wasn't always, you know, um, Democrat. His family was pretty much like Republican, right? And I tell a lot of people that, and they look at me like, "What?" So you know, like he had to do a lot of maneuvering, and sometimes we gotta do things we don't want to do. Sometimes we gotta talk to people who we don't want to talk to to get things done. Um, so I think we all need to go back, like you said, take a pause at this point in time, you know, while we're you know under this um unrest, and really go look at the history of like Black people in America, you know, from like. You know Martin Luther King times, and even going back further than that, to like the 1900s, um, to see how things was being handled, and even the maneuvering Black folks had to do, and it's going back to even that whole Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Du Bois. You know, like yeah, they may not had um, similar you know outlooks, but they respected one another's positions, and you know Booker T. Washington was able to get things done, you know, in his own way. WEB DeBar was able to get things done in his own way. So everybody's not going to always be black nationalist. Um power to the people. There's a lane for you. There's a lane for the black republicans, but long as you know your lane and you get things done for the upward movement of black people, I have no problem with that.
1: Yeah, that's one of that's one of, I I see your plug right there on Booker T Washington. <laughs> Being a Tuskegee grad, <laughs> I, I heard I see you plugging, you know, you know, you know, my uh feelings about this great man,
2: right?
1: Yeah, so that's 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 what we wanted to just uh, I wanted to talk to you about. I know you said you had some things we you had to do. I didn't really want to do a um, a long show by myself because I don't like talking that I don't right. like talking too much, uh, and I have
2: a by so myself thing too. Yeah, go ahead, go check out um. I don't know if you guys read what uh, Ben and Jerry have stated. Someone has been in the air or, um, you know, someone is a lobbyist, whatever the case is, was talking about. Um, they talked about the HR 40. I think people are scared to say reparations. Let's skip over HR 40. That's my opinion. Skipping over HR 40 and saying Black people need reparations. And, you know, they mentioned HR 40, you know, how they had, you know, pretty much talked to, you um, you know, Barberley and all that other stuff, but we need a push for reparations. Skip HR 40. We know that we are old today, so we just need to just skip over that and just start identifying who's the, you know, descendants of, um, American slaves and, you know, just start paying that money out. I know we're going to have a, a, a show on that, but I just have to put that out there. They, Ben and Jerry wrote a dope, you know, um, you know, policies on what they were doing. So just have to throw that out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For those that's watching, um, I had told you guys before how me and me and Drea met um, with a reparations movement through a reparations movement. So Sunday we're going to do a show. We're probably going to have a couple other guests on the, on the show. Most likely I'm going to reach out to reach out to one of our mutual friends and um ask him to weigh in. Um, we go, we're gonna talk about reparations. We're gonna talk about uh, Bob Johnson talking about 14 trillion. Is that enough? Um, some modules say 17 trillion. Um, we need to understand who the leading economists are. We need to understand the books that Claude Anderson wrote, Powernomics, these books. We need to understand that the book that Sandy Darity just wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna have a very interesting show. Sunday night, probably eight thirty or either nine o'clock. We're going to discuss reparations: how it, how is, why it's owed, how it could be paid. It's not as hard as people make it out to be. Shoot, the government just came up with two, three trillion dollars to pay a stimulus <laughs> and give you an extra six hundred dollars of your unemployment. So right. everybody keeps saying that it's no money. Where are we gonna get the money from? It could easily be paid, not only reparations from the government but also reparations from these companies that profited off the slave trade. Mm-hmm. Um, those those of us that know that read a lot, understand that the slave trade was actually part of the stock market, mm-hmm. like it was a commodity. Um, so this is something we're gonna try to discuss on Sunday and really have a discussion and, and push the discussion forward and not just talk about it and push it forward, get all of us to understand it a little bit better and, and why it's old. It's not a handout. It's not somebody begging the government for no money. It's literally getting you what your ancestors worked hard for. Your ancestors built this country off of blood, sweat, and tears, and mm-hmm. they were old. They were promised 40 acres in a mill, and right. we'll discuss how 40 acres in the mill, what does how much that equals out to today. All the stuff has been uh, calculate it as well. Me and mm-hmm. Dre share a lot of information. So this is important for our Sunday show. But um, Dre, I know you got some things to do. Um, we're going to close out the show. And uh, like I said, I'm glad everybody joined us. It's a short show. I might be on tomorrow. Me and, me and Keisha and Shakita might be on tomorrow because we also got some other issues we want to discuss as well, coupled on with this um tonight's mm-hmm. show. So uh, Dre, I'm glad you was able to join us tonight.
2: Yes, thank you for having me again and I hope y'all take care of yourselves.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we gonna close out the show like we ended like we started the show.